With AMC Plus, the plus doesn't just mean more, it means better. Available through the platforms you're already on, AMC Plus is a premium streaming bundle with the best of AMC, plus the complete collections of Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films Unlimited. Get the latest from The Walking Dead with early access and exclusives. Binge acclaimed series like Mad Men, ad-free, and with new content dropping each week, like Gangs of London, a powerful drama about London's criminal underworld, there's always something fresh to check out. Sign up at amcplus.com, amcplus.com, AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. All right, we are back for Housewives Happy Hour. I remember the name of it this time. Um, Okay, Megan, like, it is Housewives Happy Hour. I'm like, if you have to intro it, <laughs> do not get it wrong. You literally made it up with her. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're all good. Okay, well, obviously, our friend Megan O'Donnell is with us for another episode. Um, okay, so today we're talking about the one and only Victoria Gunvalson. <laughs> OG of the OC. Um... Okay, so Megan, this was your idea, which I thought was very um, ingenious to talk about, like basically a dissertation on Vicky and the rise and fall of Victoria. And (laughs) I went back and watched the entire first season. And like we were just talking about this. So the entire first season, I forgot, was only eight episodes. It was quick. And it Okay, it was a little boring, but also it was kind of fascinating just to like, just because of everything that, you know, we've seen in the last, what, has it been 13 years, 14 years, whatever? Um, And also, you know, you know, kind of like what happens with all the girls. And so first season was Vicky, Gina Keogh, Kimberly, um, Joe, and Lori. Mm -hmm. And Especially because I forgot that, like, Lori was dealing – I forgot that she was dealing with all her son's bullshit, like, from literally day one. Oof, yeah. That guy is tragic. Like, oh, <laughs> so sad. Like, so, so, so sad. So, yeah, Victoria – why am I referring to her as Victoria? <laughs> it's her legal name. It's her legal name. Oh, my God. But, yeah, for and Vicky's original face. Oh, my God. I mean – Wow. So, I mean, just from the, just from the first season, I, a couple things that I wanted to point out that I was like, you know what? She really, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, she's gotten so bad. She's gotten so bad, which I'm not disagreeing with, but I also want to note that like a lot of her, I'm just going to refer to them as like core issues, (laughs) have really been there since day one. Like, Every, like literally everyone, the confessionals back in the day were really funny, but everyone refers to Vicky as crazy. Like they interviewed Dawn, which by the way, I really miss Dawn. Um, Dawn was like, oh yeah, she's crazy. Mike, her son, Michael was like, yeah, she's crazy. Brianna, <laughs> even Brianna's boyfriend got a confessional and <laughs> Brianna's boyfriend, Colby, literally was like, yeah, Vicky, she's like a second mom to me, but but she's crazy. Like <laughs> Literally everyone was like, yeah, she's crazy. And one of my favorite quotes from Vicky, and I didn't like exactly quote it, but she, um, 
she was like, because this is the thing. They did, they did like the little mini reunion in Vicky's backyard, like by the waterfall. <laughs> but they also did these weird little like after show confessionals at the end. So it was like each housewife got like 20 minutes. They were like, yeah, it was so weird seeing myself on the TV. And like Gita Keel was like, wow, I was so fat. Like, but that's like literally all she said 10 times. She was like, I looked so fat. I looked so fat. I was like, okay, like relax. Anyway, but Vicky was like, I'm not controlling. I'm just a micromanager. I just like to micromanage. I wanted to be like, Vicky, it's the same thing. <laughs> like, she's like, I just like them the way I like them. And, you know, she was all like over Brianna telling her, like, you know, with her hair, she was getting rid of her prom. She's like, okay, so you're not going to have sex, right? Blah, 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 blah. And Brianna was like, oh my God, shut up. Um, <laughs> and even Vicky's ex-husband got a confessional. He was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I always knew that, you know, Vic, she wanted the finer things in life and blah, 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 blah. And her mom, I forgot about all the issues she had with her mom. I mean, wow. It was, oh, and she did her first woohoo in the first season in Mexico. She takes the girls to Mexico. And even Brianna was like, wow, seeing this side of my mom is like crazy, you know? And what? so it was just, it, I don't know. I I was like, as much as things, what are they? What's that saying? As much as things change, they stay the same, or whatever people say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was casted on the show, and the guy who created this entire season, like show, Scott Dunlap, like he met her and then decided to create a show around her because she was so crazy, she was so over the top. She had this fabulous life. She had these, you know, attractive, smart kids. You know, she she had kind of everything going for her. So it's really not surprising that, you know, like nothing has changed because like she was, it's like we, what's the, uh, what's the other phrase I'm thinking? Like, uh, I can't, oh fuck, I forgot what I was trying to um, <laughs> It'll say, come to you, it'll like, come to you. But like exactly what we got first season is what we're getting now. Like she hasn't really changed other than like the fact that she's obviously gotten like significantly more insecure as being in the spotlight. Like totally, her season totally. one tagline was, I don't want to age. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally it. I don't want to, I don't want to get old. Yeah. It was literally her like crying and she's like, I don't want to get old. And now, like it was the first time she had experienced Botox. That was hilarious. She's like, what is this Botox? I don't know about putting needles in my face. Cut to like three seasons later and she's getting a full face on. Right. Well, I think we have to start with Vicky's like origin stories. So Victoria Gunvalson was born on March 27th, 1962, which makes her, let's see, how old am I if I was born in 1962? <laughs> what? All right. She's 50. 57. 50. I thought she was older than that person. No, I so guess that Vic- makes sense because she was like in her early 40s when she started the show, right? Yeah. So okay. she was born Vicky Steinmetz, and then oh. with her first husband, changed it to Wolfsmith, and then with her second husband, Don, she changed her last name to Gundelson, which is what we know her and love her as. Right. She's one of five children. Her dad owned a construction company, and her mom was a true housewife. So even being the kid of five children, you know, desperate for attention because five kids like the parents can't pay attention to all the kids so it probably explains a little bit why she's like very loud very controlling um kind of over the top because she probably needed to be seen totally totally i'm like i'm like not speaking on my own um (laughs) (laughs) well and not for this and the other thing like the 
you know, I felt like a lot of her, she kept saying to Brianna in the first season, like, you know, you shouldn't just marry the first guy out of high school and then you're going to end up in your 30s with two kids and he's not going to have a job. And I was like, Vicky, you're literally telling her your life story. Like, she's so insecure about her story. She didn't want to, like, pass it on to Brianna. Yeah, so she met her first husband, Michael, when they were 21, and they both had been working at a grocery store and whatever they dated gets knocked up with Brianna and then obviously gets knocked up with her son, Michael. I mean, it's kind of like a normal story. I feel like you meet at the, the old place you work, you get married, you have right. all these kids. And then pretty early on, they realize like eight years into it that uh, they can't uh, be together anymore because obviously there's no love. And he even like said, like, it was wild. Like, I, I can't believe he was on. The first episode of the first season. So it's like Brianna's graduation party from high school. And Don is obviously there because it's the husband and the stepfather of the kids now. But the biological dad is there. Not only did Vicky have to buy his ticket. (laughs) So sad. Which kind of shows that like, you know, he's still maybe a little down and out, doesn't have the money. Right. Yeah. One, he gets a confessional moment where he's like, yeah, Vicky's always liked the finer things in life, and I couldn't really supply her with that. He's like, she had all this stuff, and I don't know where she was getting it from, but she always had nice things, regardless of if I was buying it for her or not. So I'm like, uh, okay, my dude, so you're still clearly like eat, like uh, taking her money, obviously, to come here for a party that's you know important to their kids. So it's totally, great that she's totally. there, but. Yeah, it's not surprising. And also, what I found interesting was in the first episode of season one don says he's been out of work for four months and he was working at a home depot before so it's interesting how she has found men who in a career wise are lower than her and obviously she's like very driven has koto insurance whatever makes a lot of yeah like has a really big booming business Mm -hmm. and has always been kind of successful and then she kind of finds these counterparts who are a little bit you know, maybe down and out looking for money, looking for work. And it's actually, I think that's a control thing. She probably also Totally. And here's my question, because I was doing a little, trying to do a little bit of a deep dive into Don and okay. He, in the, in the first season, he said, I was working at Home Depot or with Home Depot. My question is, is he, was he working in like a, a corporate role or was he like full on working at the Home Depot store? Because I was under the impression he worked in, like, the corporate offices or something. I don't know. He doesn't really give me, like, the corporate office vibes. He gives me, like, someone who would, like, kind of be hanging out in, like, the unfinished wood section. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like, he's his... like, this is a great stain. Like, totally, <laughs> totally. And he was all, like, into, like, fixing houses and whatever. Yeah. But then I looked at his LinkedIn now, and his job now is he's in, like, He's still in like the construction industry, but like at a corporate level. So that was, that made me think like maybe he was. And then the other thing was, is like Vicky's insurance company wasn't, I mean, obviously it was doing well, but it wasn't at the level it is now. So how was she affording that house if he's working at Home Depot? Like that didn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question. So let me see if I have the. Because even, I mean, I, I, And this is the other thing. Like, I get that back then, um, her house was probably, like, I don't know, a million bucks or something. Um, Which, that's the other thing. Like, just looking into, I was, you know, doing some deep dives on, like, where the ladies lived and whatever. By the way, that townhouse that Lori lived in, in um, Ladera Ranch, is 
for rent. Literally, the unit that she was in, it's for rent. I can send you the pictures, and it's so fucking cheap. I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should move to Orange County. Literally, that- uh, There's a lot of bad juju in that place. Well, like, yeah. You don't want to raise your kid in a place where she raised literally like a drug addict murderer. murderer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But I was like, that whole townhouse, you can rent it for like $2,000. That whole townhouse. I was like, what the fuck? So that's the other thing I was kind of surprised. Like they they made it out to be like Kodo was like Beverly Park, which is like the gated community where like Victoria Beckham lives. And I'm like, honestly, like you can get a house in Kodo for like, I mean, there's some that are like more like really expensive, but the bulk of them are like between like one and two million. I was like, it's kind of, it's pretty like normal. Yeah, I'm checking out these mansions on Zillow right now. They're pretty nice. And I mean, I, I thought it was so funny in this recent uh, season with Tamara like moving to Coda. She's like double gates. It's like you, she is like so new money. She's it's so like, new money. And I, I and Kelly's so comment was so true. Kelly's like, dude, you live in fucking, which by the way, Coda isn't a city either. It's like if you live in like a gated community that's called like, I don't know, like Calabasas Park Estates. It's like saying it's like the same thing. But then like the city that you live in is Tribuco Canyon. But the but Kelly's right. Like Kodo is like way inland. And it's like, what did Kelly say? She's like, it's not like you got a house in Newport Beach. Like, yeah, she's the, like, I could, uh, she's like the sale of my house on the water could buy your house in cash. Yeah, <laughs> was totally, like, totally, yeah. totally. But yeah, it's just like, it's really funny. Like the the perspective that they all, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. I find that whole situation just very interesting. Yeah. Vicky, <laughs> all of them have like, their house is so gaudy. Like it has that like early two thousands kind yes. of design vibes. Tuscan. But a couple years ago she did like a redesign and her kitchen now is really beautiful. Her kitchen I, looks amazing. Oh, you know, the other thing I pulled up, I pulled up Slade's old house, the one that he lived in with Joe, oh. and the people that own it now, the or that sold it recently, whatever, the photos, I can send them to you. It's like a different house. I mean, they they made that they made it less like Plano, Texas vibes and more <laughs> like I mean, it's it's not my style, but it's more like kind of like that early Tuscan, but like they replaced all the stair, um, stair rails with like iron and the outside is painted. And so it's like, it's so funny to just like see the, um, and the house that Kimberly lived in is like tiny. I remember they were like looking for a new house and he was like, I'd rather have a big house and a big pool than put money towards taxes towards my kid's education. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like you literally like are openly saying you'd rather have a big swimming pool than your children to have a quality education. (laughs) He's like, they don't, they don't need dance lessons and like extracurricular activities. Like, yeah, fuck that. Like, it's fine. I'd rather have a bigger house. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) You don't admit that, my dude. Like, yeah, especially. But I think that, like, I, I, I feel like back then, like, even there were a sh- couple shots where you full on saw like the camera dude, like with his like VHS tape camera, and I feel like back then they probably had like, I mean, they had no idea. You know what I mean? Like, they had no idea like what they were. They weren't like aware of like what they were saying to you know in front of the cameras and not whatever. So I feel like, yeah, I feel. I mean, look at Gina's husband in the first season 
so gross and <laughs> such a dick. I mean, I, it was funny watching just, I only watched the first episode, uh, well, like for doing research for this, because I was like, I can't do this. Um, but watching their relationship and her be like, yeah, um, Matt and his mom picked me out of a magazine because they thought I'd be really good uh, looking to raise uh, kids with Matt. Like our kids would be really good looking and they all are really good looking, but they all are trash kids and your husband abusive piece of shit. I'm like, great. That's yeah. That's exactly what you want to marry. You're totally winning Gina. (laughs) So the show was picked up in 2005 by Bravo. It wasn't necessarily called The Real Housewives of Orange County, but then in January 2006, they ended up calling it that after like Desperate Housewives became such a thing and The OC and all of those shows kind of peaked that area of Cali, like to the masses. Was Laguna Beach on then? I forget. I think it was, wasn't it? I believe so. Let me see. Laguna Beach. Yeah, I actually started rewatching Laguna Beach the other day because that was I was bored. Um, uh, wow, 2004. So yeah, so okay, Laguna Beach, The OC, Desperate Housewives, all of this these types of shows were coming out, and so why not make a reality version of it? And Scott Dunlap, who's the creator and EP of all the shows to this day, obviously was like, "This is a cash cow." People obviously love watching these types of women just live their lives and money is really fun to watch and you know luxury is really fun to watch and I think a lot of these shows in the beginning were kind of like luxury porn where you're like oh wow look at -hmm. look at Vicky's grotto in her backyard like look at her pool look at her house look at whatever her fancy cars all that stuff whereas you know, nowadays, you know, you watch Potomac and I'm like, I literally have more money than Robin, Robin does in her checking account. Like, (laughs) and like, I don't even, I don't even know if I have a common in my checking account right now. Like, and I don't think she does either. So it's like, there's all of these like different differences that you kind of see from where the shows began to where they've kind of ended up now where it's like, yeah, like you might have money. That's really nice. But it also is important that you're a character and that you can, you know, like move the story and yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, Leanne Locken in D- Dallas, she literally was like a carny kid, has never had money, but it happens to run with really rich people. So they're like, okay, you're the crazy one. You're going to drive all the storylines. Totally. But yeah, you're not what we're looking for when we're looking for luxury porn. We're looking at Stephanie, whose husband like buys a $5 million mansion on a whim with a swimming pool in the foyer. <laughs> like, ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yes, totally. It's uh, It's – Amazing. And it's, it's, yes, it's so crazy to see like how much it's transformed. And well, okay, so I feel like going back to Vicky, I feel like, you know, we kind of watched her, her business grow. We watched her kids get older. We watched Brianna go to nursing school. And then, you know, and she and Dowd in the beginning, I thought were kind of just like, I don't know, I'm scared to say the more normal, but like, whatever, like they bickered, but it wasn't like super, super extreme. But then like, as the years went on, it was like a little, like you could kind of see it, you know, the, what do they say? See the, I don't know, whatever. See the two of us with our phrases today. I know we're any phrase. I think, (laughs) well, I have, I'm like slumming it over here because I forgot to um, buy milk. And so I don't have any, I I don't have any, um, I have, than espresso pods, but I don't have milk. So I can't make a latte. Like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's like, 
really first world problems over here. I'm like, I can't make a latte. Like, God forbid I actually like walk to coffee bean or something like that. I mean, um, but anyways, that's why my brain is whatever. That's the excuse I'm using for my brain not working. I don't know why it doesn't work the rest of the time, but um, anyways, whatever. And then we see them renew their vows. And then Vicky's like, you're not filling up my love tank or goddamn love tank. And then it pretty much is a fact, right? That she like hooked up with Brooks before she actually left on. Isn't that like a known thing now? Yeah. So okay. I believe Brianna said that she once saw Vicky and Brooks texting in 2007. Yes. Which is crazy. So yes. that is like. Didn't she see. say that like at the reunion or something? Like one of those times yeah. when. Yeah, that's what I remember. And so that was. That also made me feel sorry for Dawn because I was like, what the fuck was her deal? And I think that she. And then Vicky eventually said, she's like, I wish you know, I would have stayed in my marriage or whatever. Cause I feel like she got a case of like the, you know, bigger, better man thing. She was like, Oh, like, here's what, what she saw in Brooks. None of us will ever understand, but a big dick. I mean, I guess, but (laughs) Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 nothing would make me go there. It would take a lot. It would take a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't think it would take like anything for me. Like the teeth would have done it, but the like teeth are, a oof. southern charm vibe. Like obviously he is Dirty John, but I could see, you know, I, I think what Vicky likes is this idea of like a bad boy, and I think so many women are attracted to that. Whereas Don was a good man. He right. worked hard. He was hardworking. Clearly, like he there wasn't was a like a mystery. Man. Yeah, like he you know, was a good stepfather to the kids. They're both still in contact with him. Yeah. You know, he was a good man. And she got bored with that because she right. needs bigger, better, bigger, better, bigger, better. Yeah. And then, you know, meet someone like Brooks, who's charming and, you know, Southern. And well, he was also different. like, he totally, like you said, like dirty John, he totally did that thing. And now of course I'm forgetting the correct term for it, but, um, almost like like the grooming process, you know, where he was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'll do this for you and I'll do this for you. Basically like, I'll be your bitch. I'll do whatever you want. I'll be your little doll that you can dress up and look or whatever. And of course she w- she wanted that. And I think it's like, even for someone who's like a little insecure and a little, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, 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 I was going to say midlife crisis, but I guess like, you know, she was getting older, whatever. And I mean, it it makes sense why she, you know, I guess would go for him. But I feel like if we're going to talk about like the rise and fall, I feel like that's when it, it kind of turned for Vicky. I feel like that was the pivot. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so hard for people to kind of come back around on her because it was like post Brooks, I yeah. feel like was like her demise. I mean, cancer is such a serious thing, obviously a deadly thing. And so many people, obviously the viewers especially, all have had cancer affect their lives one way or another. So for Vicky to be so shamelessly with a man who's lying about something that has ruined families, hurt people, like, how dare you stand by a man who everyone is like, I'm going through cancer. I've been having cancer. It's like, 
oh, my dude, then why are you gaining? You're losing so much weight because of this juice cleanse you're on. You're going to coffee enemas. I'm like, you sound like every fucking influencer on Instagram right now trying to lose weight and stay hot. Yeah. So he's looking really good. And I remember like Eddie and Tamara at one point were like, you look really good for having cancer. Yeah. And he's like, yep. it's my juice cleanse. I'm like, my dude, like you don't yep. have cancer. And and remember the to... binder? Remember the fucking binder? Vicky's like, I, but I saw the binder. Like, what? I need to see this binder. Like, like what was in the binder? <laughs> literally, probably nothing. Be- but also, the thing is, is that it kind of gets back to this idea of, like, Vicky being a hardworking woman. She's uh-huh. filming a TV show. She has a company that she's actually a part of. You know, she's a grandmother. She's a friend to people. She's a mother. So she's busy. So while all of this kind of stuff around Brooks's health is kind of happening, she's aloof. Like she gets it like on pillow talk at night where he's like, today was really hard. I didn't feel well. Where it's like, how the fuck? He could just lie about everything and obviously was lying about everything. Like, you know, she had no way of keeping him accountable for right. if he was actually going to doctor's appointments. But the fact that they like sat in that Brooks fucking office and the guy was like yes Brooks you have cancer I'm like yeah how the fuck did that (laughs) yeah I think the only thing I can think that that maybe was was that he brought his like bullshit paperwork to the doctor and was like what did these results look like to you or whatever you know what I mean like that's the only thing I can think and then remember Shannon was like this is what an MRI from Newport Imaging looks like (laughs) that was amazing like we got the full thing but that's the thing like if you're a con artist which he is and he obviously didn't have a job so all he he, all he had was time to sit at home or go to kinko's and make like you know xerox copies of fake documents like if you have nothing to do all day then it kind of makes sense and the fact that like megan king edmonds was like the (laughs) the you know, guiding authority on that season is just like sad. But also it makes sense because Megan King Edmonds, she didn't have anything to do that year either because she was just trapped in, you know, Jimmy's house all day. So it's like all she had to do was investigate Cancer Kate. But But even her specifically, like she had been going through watching Jim's ex and like the mother of her stepchildren, like die from like aggressive cancer. So where she's like, I'm watching this woman who... I've known for years, literally dying on her deathbed, and you are prancing around town having tequila drinks with Vicky, and you're saying you have fucking cancer? Like, yeah. It's not real. Like It's not and, adding up, yeah. And even if you have, I mean, what, the smallest version of cancer, of whatever, like, whatever that fucking means, but I remember him losing weight and looking very good and tan. I'm like, <laughs> I just feel like that's not the face of cancer. But just to put context, if everybody doesn't know, so... In 2013, Brooks came out with having cancer, saying he was diagnosed with stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which I don't even know what that means, but it does sound serious. And also, like, how are you going to try to hoodwink Vicky when her daughter's a fucking nurse? Well, yeah, that's the other thing that, like, it doesn't it doesn't make it, that's just stupid like i mean obviously he probably didn't know that his, her daughter was a nurse going into it but yeah even i remember when they used to bring brianna out in, in the reunions and she was like dude i'm an er nurse i see like people you know that are sick every day and like i'm not and didn't brianna even say like what was some injection or something that she saw she's like this is not used for this or whatever like it's not that hard to 
figure out. And I feel like also people with um, lymphoma, yeah, you're not, I mean, I don't know. I'm Google image searching it. So, but yeah, your skin does not like look great and you look kind of puffy and you're most likely probably advised not to drink alcohol. Um, just guessing, but yeah, yeah, you're not, oh, you can have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in your mouth. I did not know that. Okay. Well, we're learning all sorts of things. Maybe Um, that's what was going on with his teeth. Maybe I can't believe he didn't blame the lymphoma for his teeth. Like, seriously, he, sh- he should have taken that and ran with it. But what, did he say like where it was in his body? Uh, not on the article that I was reading. But, oh well, but, apparently there's actually. You know what, Brooks should have Brooks should have read this because apparently, <laughs> according to WebMD, there's a de- there's been a decline in non-Hodgkin's lymphoma deaths since 2018. So apparently it's pretty treatable. I don't know. But. Brooks was like, I have cancer. And she was like, I believe you. What's that movie with Ben Stiller? And he's like, uh, uh, I have the black lung. What's that? Yeah. Do you know oh, what I'm talking remember. about? Is it Zoolander? Oh, I think so. I think it is Zoolander. Where it's like, I love that scene. And I always say that to my husband because my husband's like the biggest. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. My husband, like literally, he'll be like, and he's like you have the air conditioning on i'm getting pneumonia and i'm like oh my god shut (laughs) up and apparently like this i think this is like a like a jewish mother thing whenever he is adamant that if the air conditioning is on and he gets out of the shower he will 100 catch pneumonia and so one of his cousins is a doctor and in a group text i did this like six months ago in a group text i was like okay Afshin, I have a question for you. Can you catch a cold by getting out of the shower and having the air be cold? And he goes, no. He was like, you can't. He goes, you catch a cold by getting the virus. And he's like, you catch pneumonia by getting the virus has to be in your body. He's like, the outside temperature has nothing to do with it. And still my husband insists. He's like, Oh, I'm getting catch. I'm catching a cold. <laughs> I'm like, you are such a sissy. Stop it. Like, baby. I just had I just had a molar extracted from my mouth last week, and I was like bleeding from my mouth, and, like the worst pain ever. And he was like, "Oh, my stomach hurts." I was like, "Fuck <laughs> you." <laughs> my stomach hurts. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> it's like, seriously. So, yeah, I could see Brooks being like, uh, Vicky, I got out of the shower. The AC was on 70. Oh, I have cancer. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Vicky, another shady thing she kind of did. So, her and Don, they had their vow renewal in January of 2010. They end up getting a separation in October of 2010 so 10 months later so everybody knows if you get a vow renewal you're on the fast track to do the kiss of death yeah didn't Uh, Shannon and David do a vow renewal too oh yeah and they did that whole like vacation where they were like having sex in the hot tub and they were like thinking like everything's better I'm like oh you have sex with your husband once and now you think like his years of cheating like it's just gone like that's never gonna change like okay wait and remember wasn't that 
after wait after she found out he cheated remember they had that like it was like under a tree at a resort do you know what I'm talking about it was like a ceremony like at like a hotel somewhere somewhere in like I don't know down in Orange County and it was like under a tree and everyone came and they were like we're now renewing our vows with consciousness because like I know what I'm saying or something I don't know it was fucking bullshit (laughs) yeah that's clearly that for many of us the holidays will look different this year family and friend reunions might not be the same but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close that's why i'm gifting my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person this year. Around this time last year, I lost my grandfather and I felt this insane guilt that I didn't ask him enough questions about his love story with my grandma, his career, his immigration journey from Italy in the 1960s, and so much more. To honor his birthday this past year, I gifted my grandma a StoryWorth membership. Every week, StoryWorth emails her a different prompt with questions you'd never think to ask, like if you were to do it over, what would you have done differently? Or when was your first kiss? You can customize your prompts to ask anything you'd like. So I obviously had to ask, who's your favorite grandkid? Just kidding. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that ships for free. I'm planning to order one for myself, my brothers, and my cousins so we can share our grandparents' story with our children someday. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash bravohh. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off. If you are anything like me, you haven't bought a single gift for anybody this year, maybe other than yourself. <laughs> this will be an amazing gift for anybody who is looking for that last minute gift that doesn't involve shipping costs and will be something that you can pass down to your families for generations. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off off you guys and you get a deal look at that didn't work out for her (laughs) no no meanwhile you know that david bedore was like boning that girl probably like the next day it was but vicky is shady as hell she was obviously dating brooks before the divorce was finalized and don did an interview with andy cohen that he ended up showing at the reunion which is very uh shady of don and i really appreciate that coming from him yeah. And he said, I found out that Vicky had filed from divorce when the process server showed up at my office. From the get-go, the time I was asking Vicky to give me and our time together just didn't happen. Every evening she was working late, her trips would become longer. She'd call less and less. It was t- typical Vicky. She orchestrated the divorce, and that's just how she rolls. So it's clear that she kind of was like, hey, we're getting divorced, bye. He's like, Ugh. Yeah, that was, that was shitty. That was really shitty. And I think that she she – I mean, I think it's accurate to say that she probably regrets it, right? I don't know. I think it's easy to look back and be like, I regret that after having such a terrible relationship with Brooks. I think her being like, but Don was so nice and treated me with respect. And, you know, I wish I was with him again. It's like, no, but at the moment when you guys were together, it wasn't good. And wasn't there speculation that he was cheating on her too and she was cheating on him? I feel like it was kind of coming from both sides. I don't have any like oh, proof maybe. on that. But- I don't know. It, it could have been. I mean, well, okay. What do we think about Steve Lodge? Like, what do we think about her relationship now? I'm not really buying that he's like this good man. So 
Oh, wait, one more thing in terms of Brooks. It was so interesting because during the seasons where like Joe and Slade eh, were together and then who is it? Slade was dating Gretchen. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're still together, which is crazy. But he was one of the first guy who put the you you look like Miss Piggy thing on screen, yes, which yes. is now being resurrected by oh my God. and only Kelly Dodd, which that video that she sent as the pig was one so funny, but two so, so cruel, yeah. so cruel to her. Like that was that like, was ha, 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 at the end. I just like yeah, that was that was a lot. That was like. It you're, was a lot. You're cutting deep there with that. But Vicky would always talk so much shit about Slade, which obviously he deserved, because Slade never paid his child support. So it's actually kind of ironic because when she ended up with Brooks, he ended up not paying any of his child support, has four kids by three different women, had a DUI, had all of this stuff. And Vicky just said, like, shut up, shut up, don't bring this up, don't bring this up when mm-hmm. someone brought it up on the show. So, you know, you could what is it? Don't throw rocks at a glass house. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Those, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones or something like that. Whatever. Okay. We need to stop saying idiomatic expression. I know. know. Let's just take it out of of our entire vocabulary. I know. Seriously. It's like, if you can't, if you can't get it, just like, don't say it. Like stop. But we, we both start with like a good you know, we try. <laughs> exactly. Like the, the, the thought is there. I mean, it's like, you know. No, I, I don't think that Steve Lodge is like faking an illness, but he does come off questionable to me. And even though like Tamara and Shannon are like, oh, he's such a great guy. Well, first of all, like Tamara saying he's such a great guy doesn't really like convince me because I mean, Tamara's judgment, I think we could all agree. Um, But I don't know. He does kind of give me the vibe of, I mean, okay. I, I think it, it was, it is a fact that he was like a detective or something, right? Yeah. So he was a detective and on the police force back in the nineties, he got like three different uh, arrests for police brutality, which is <laughs> not surprising. He actually has a shady little past, but the police brutality happened in 90, 91, and 97, all different forms of police brutality to people down in Orange County and Anaheim. But the two of them met at a charity event three years ago for the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, like, I can't imagine, like, meeting Vicky and being like, you're the one. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I can't imagine, you know... Her feeling that way about him. But also, he is the brother of Roger Lodge, who is the host of Blind Date. So oh, maybe she's I like, forgot about that. <laughs> maybe she's like, he's famous. And I was reading some article on BravoTV.com where Vicky was talking about Roger Lodge. And she's like, yeah, Steve and Roger are really close. Like, Roger's very good friends with John Stamos. So we <sighs> see him often. I'm like, Vicky, you are not hanging out with Uncle Jesse. Do not get it twisted. Like, that is <laughs> your dreams. Only your dreams. Oh, my God. I will see if Lodge, I, and this is total, like, this is not based on anything. This is just my feeling. So, like, no one come at me. But he kind of just gives me this vibe of, like, one of those cops that, like, dare I say, like, a corrupt cop. Like, one of those cops that's like, oh, fuck, you know who he reminds me of? Wow, I just got it. Mark Furman. 
he kind of reminds me of Mark Furman. And I'm not saying, do you know who I'm talking about? No. Okay. That? Mark Furman is, was oh, I've from seen the OJ guys. case. Yep. He, oh, and I, yeah. I, I do not think that he planted evidence. I, I do not think that, but Mark <laughs> Furman was the one that like he pleaded the fifth on the stand in the OJ case, which basically like fucked the whole prosecution. And he was like racist. He was, there, there was a recording of him saying racist things and he <laughs> Okay, actually, I think that Steve Lodge maybe whatever. Maybe it's like Mark Furman adjacent. <laughs> but my point is, I feel like he's one of those cops that's like the good old boys, and it's you know what I mean. Like he can like he can do like shitty shady stuff, but like no one's going to really say anything about it. And um, he's probably like I'm trying. I don't want to get like political because I I, I think I mean, it's <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want to get political, but it it's. I feel like, you know, at least, okay, and maybe this is a California thing, but at least living in LA versus living in Orange County, there is, if you live up here, there's kind of this notion or I don't know if to call it a stereotype, but Orange County definitely gets the, whatever, I'll call it a stereotype, gets the stereotype of being a very, very conservative, like, Mm -hmm old school kind of like boys club type of place. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. He uh, believes in Trump. He believes in building the wall, which is interesting because he also claims he's uh, part Mexican or Spanish or something. So this was another shady thing he did. So in 2012, Steve was sued by this woman, Cynthia Ward, after he changed his name from Steve Lodge to Steve Chavez Lodge on ballots during his run for Anaheim City Council. Oh, I forgot so, about this. So this woman, Cynthia, said this is not his legal name, nor is it the same under which he registered to vote or the same name under which he owns property. Rather, this is the use of the middle name Chavez appears to have adopted recently for political purposes. So it's funny. It's like he's like, let me try to get maybe a Hispanic vote right. or city council, but I also want to build the wall uh, so no Mexicans can come in. Oh, fucking idiot. But obviously he lost the race. Thank God, because I don't want him making decisions for me in the government. But it's also, you know, so presumptuous. He's like, I'm going to change my name and Mexicans will love me. Yeah, like, that's no, my dude. No. Well, also, like if I mean, I find yeah, running for I mean, the city of Anaheim is like very, very, very diverse. It's like not a a super white country club place, like, at all. I could see him maybe winning city council in somewhere like Dana Point or Ladera Ranch or somewhere like that. But, like, trying to go for, like, Anaheim, that just, like, doesn't make sense. But, yeah, I feel like he's definitely one of those, like, kind of chameleon-esque type of people. It's like, okay, if you want me to be like that, like, I can be like that. If you want me to be like this, you can be like this. I don't know. I don't think that he's, like, running a scam in like the brook sense but i if we had to choose like the moral compass of don gunvalson versus steve lodge i <laughs> think that you know i i think we all pretty much know you know which one would win and i'm not saying that don gunvalson is like god's gift to women or anything but he probably <laughs> he probably i'm just guessing is a little bit more of a i don't know like uh morally 
stand-up guy. Stand-up guy or just like even even just like a normal, more of a normal person. But I also don't think that like going back to why Vicky chose Brooks, honestly, like I think if Vicky, I don't think Vicky will ever go with a quote like normal guy like Adon again because I think that she, you know, she craves someone like fawning all over her. She, like Mm -hmm. her insecurity, I don't know that she, I mean, obviously she's 57 and she's, I mean, I think we can all pretty safely say that she's probably never gone to therapy and really like done the work. Um, 100% she's not done a single thing to better her mental health. Yeah, no, I don't think that woman has a lot of introspection, Um, (laughs) which, listen, can make for a great TV, but um, (laughs) I I just don't think, I think that someone who is, you know, has like narcissistic tendencies and, you know, craves someone to be constantly like, fawning all over them and giving them attention, whatever, like you're going to attract a certain, a certain type of person, you know, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. So I don't know if Steve and Vicky will be together forever, but um, I just, I don't think that she'll ever kind of veer away from like that type of guy, I guess is what I'm saying. Tamara last season was like, Steve doesn't have a house. He was living with his mother. Then he moves into your mansion. It's another situation where it's like, how are you meeting yep. these men who are in their mid fifties who have no property, no fucking real job? Like what, where are you meeting these men? Like, it just seems weird. Like, but also they're like kind grifters. Of, yeah, exactly. But I, I think she likes being mama bear. Like she likes taking control. She likes monitoring everything. And when you have the money, you monitor everything. You monitor the trips, you totally. monitor where you're eating dinner. Like you wear the pants, unfortunately, and not in totally. all relationships, but a lot of, you know, men we see on the housewives, especially when these men make all the money and the wife just sits at home and twiddles her fucking thumbs, you know, it allows certain insecure men to treat their wives like property. And the same way that, you know, Vicky was kind of treating Don towards the end. Mm-hmm. You're living off of me. Now I have Kodo money and Kodo money. money, you know, and then she's like, well, what are you doing? You know, right, you're hanging right. out on the boat while I'm working, you know, that. Right. Well, she's such a martyr because she's always like, well, I have to work. Well, I have to work. And like, okay, so just like who's forcing you to do this? You know what I mean? Like it's not like – it's not like – I mean, whatever. I get that she has – you know, I'm not shading her for being successful or, you know, anything like that. I'm just saying like you set these really high expectations for yourself and – like you're the one that's enforcing them, you know? And it's like, you're the one that's like, she's one of those people that just like brings on, she brings a lot of it on herself, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think that if she were to go out, let's just say she went out with like a normal dude. Let's say he has like, I don't know, like a regular job. Like, let's say he works like in finance or something. He has his shit together. He has like a house or condo or something like in his own name. He has his own car. Like he's like, you know, dresses well, whatever. Do you think that she wouldn't like that dynamic? Because he would probably be like, well, you're not going to fucking tell me what to do. Like I, you know, and he's, he would probably push back. Well, they don't need her. Well, exactly. Men who literally exactly. And that's what she wants. She doesn't have that type of relationship with her kids anymore. You know, clearly all her friends on this show are trash and Vicky's not like, 
some of the New York house girl, housewives where it's like Ramona Singer has friends she's known for 45 years and, you know, they're on the show, Missy or whatever, all those women who like kind of come and we know them and right, they're familiar right. faces. Like Vicky has never had like a friend come on the show. She'll have her brother come on the show, Billy. but he's like, it, yeah, but he's like, I feel like the same as, you know, the first husband. He's like, Hey, Vicky's paying for a flight. I'll go to California. Totally. You know, it's not like my dude is freaking like fun or like they're, you know, like they're actual friends, like they're siblings. Yeah, but exactly. I, I don't know. Vicky and Steve got engaged in late April. Ay, ay, ay. So we don't know when they're getting married, but I also don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, here's a question. Do we think they will get married? Definitely. She wants to be married. Do so you think he'll actually go through with it? I think he will because, hey, you know, get some of that money. Don ended up with a ton of money. And we saw Vicky after all of the divorce stuff was finalized with Don. She was like, he took so much money of mine. He took my boat. He took the lake house, you know. So there she's got obviously a lot of money. And, you know, wasn't last season she driving like a Maserati? (laughs) I'm like, Vicky. Yeah, yeah. She but, but, I mean, that also, like, doesn't really say much because, as we know from, you know, people <laughs> that living in L.A., you can, you know, live in a studio apartment and also drive a Maserati. But but I don't think that Vicky would do that. I will say the one thing that she has going for her, I do think she probably handles her finances pretty well um, with the exception of, you know, giving money away to losers. But, um, <laughs> but – what was I going to say? I mean, well, we saw last – we saw – was it last season or the season before where it was literally like Vicky being like, yeah, you know, I have a life insurance policy out on Dawn still. So when he dies, I make money. I'm like, what? That well, she's so the beneficiary. Cute. So it would like go to her – which I didn't know that you could still have – I mean, I guess if she's the one that bought the policy, it doesn't really matter if they're divorced or not because like technically you can take out life insurance like on – I mean, not on, like, Joe Blow, but, like, I mean, but I I don't, like, my dad has life insurance policies on my sister and I, but not because, like, he's hoping we die and he's going to take the money, but because he, they're permanent life insurance policies that accrue interest and he, like, he pulled the money for, to, like, pay for, you know, like, college, stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's more like, which that is the one thing that, and I only know this because my husband is in finance, and so I, some of it seeps in sometime. Um, <laughs> but that's that is the watch. I'm like fucking defending Vicky. Why am I doing this? But that's the <laughs> one thing that yeah. If you have like um, if a permanent life insurance policy or um, something like that, like I think New York Life they call it like a whole life or something like that, whole life insurance policy. You can if you buy a policy for let's say. $2 million and your payment is like $500 a month into the policy. Let's say two years in, it accrues interest, it accrues dividends, whatever. Two years in, you – like we have – like my husband and I, we have um, permanent life insurance policies on the other – on each other, not because I'm like planning to kill him. But <laughs> in a couple years, like if we want to buy a house – Instead of, let's say we have whatever amount in savings, we can also pull from that life insurance policy and it doesn't go against our credit. So like, let's say like I have a, let's say I have a $1 million policy out on my husband in two years, like all the dividends and the interest, because the interest on a life insurance policy is much more than like a savings account or a CD or something. So in two years, I could take like 
a half a million dollars out of it. And yeah, you have to repay it over time, but it's not like a loan from a bank where you're, you know, like the repayment, you're basically just like, it's like putting money toward your 401k or something, but it's at like much lower interest, if that makes sense. So she could just be using it like that. But then like once Dawn does die, I mean, the depending on what kind of policy it is, I mean, she might get like a, yeah, the beneficiary gets like certain payouts or something, but they're pretty strict as far as like where certain money goes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like if my husband, like, God forbid, knock on wood, were to something to happen to him tomorrow, like there would, New York life would first like question me. They'd be like, it, it's not like I would get a check for a million dollars tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, they would be like, we heard your podcast episode. <laughs> We heard what you said. You're clearly well aware. We know you watch a lot of Lifetime movies, and so you obviously know how to do this. Um, but no, I mean, so I don't know. I think she, like, mainly was joking on that, but I, I guess my point is, like, I don't think it's, like, super, super weird that she still has a policy out on him um, because, one, she could be drawing on it for certain things, and, two, I mean, I don't know what Don's extended family situation is, but... Part of it, I mean, legit could be going toward like funeral costs and burial costs and which, by the way, I had no idea were so expensive until my husband's mother passed away. Like that shit is, I swear to God, we spent like almost a hundred grand. On funeral stuff? Um, yeah. Well, not just funeral, but like the, the actual burial, the burial plot, the burial plot, a burial plot in a Jewish cemetery is like 30 grand minimum. And that's not even for a good one. That's like for like a regular one. And then you have to pay, like you have to pay the cemetery. You have to pay the Shever Kadisha for like, it's this Jewish thing where they watch over the body and they clean it, whatever. And um, then you, I mean, the rabbi to come to the funeral, you don't have to pay them, but there's like a suggested donation. And then they do like a memorial service. You have to pay the catering. You have to pay, you know, the donation to the synagogue, all this shit. It adds up, dude. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, just randomly speaking about death, I think one of the craziest <laughs> things we saw was Vicky getting the call that her mother died in the middle of the like oh the 80s God. party where she's like dressed up like, you know, like she an falls 80s girl to the floor. and she gets like the worst news of her life. Yeah. And she, but didn't she take the call in like Shannon's craft room or something? <laughs> Yeah, like her butler's pantry or some shit. <laughs> her butler's pantry. Oh my god. Yeah, that was so sad and so like raw. Which this is one of the reasons why I want Vicky back full time. And I get that she's like in timeout this season, but I <laughs> that's what I keep referring to it as. She's in Bravo timeout. And he's like, go sit in the corner until you learn what you did. Um, <laughs> but she, I, like, listen, I, Vicky, I feel like is incapable of putting on a show. And when she tries to, it just, it's so bad. I feel like she's literally like such a hot mess that she's, she's kind of like Ramona to me, but like the less funny version. She, mm-hmm. um, like, she's just raw and real and such a disaster that like, it is what you see. And it's such like, it's, I don't know. It's a nice juxtaposition for me from like Beverly Hills where everything you feel like is so 
just conceded and produced and faux and whatever. You know what I mean? So I guess like like that scene is a perfect example like of Vicky. Like I don't think that was, you know, put upon at all. I think that that was her general um her genuine reaction cuz like we've seen how Vicky reacts to certain things and <laughs> It's like only Vicky would react like that. Like she literally throws herself on the floor. <laughs> I mean, like I can't even like imagine being that camera person and like oh, not geez. really knowing what's happening on the other end of the line. And you're just standing, you're filming, you're filming, you're filming. And then you're like, what the hell? Like someone is dead. Like I can imagine like the producers all standing around being like, holy shit. What did we just, what just fell into our laps? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean that That was that was devastating to watch. Truly. I mean, can we just talk about the poor like cameramen for OC overall? I mean, they have probably okay. seen some shit. I mean, I can imagine like what's actually happening in like Tamara's house after seeing like her Ugh. ridiculous racist son just like, you know, living and breathing. Like I can imagine they have some crazy audio coming out of the judge house. Oh God. The fucking, in this last episode, what did she say? She was like, what did she say? She was like, do you want to have butt sex? Like, gosh, yeah. She has like one sip of tequila. She's like, you could do this if you want butt sex. He's like, I don't want to put it in your anus. Like (laughs) he literally, he's like, I don't do not want to put it in your anus. And like all the other guys are like, like why not? So gross, so gross. Like, girl. Well, I was actually rewatching like little uh, bits from Bravo TV before we got on, and there was a whole scene where it was Tamara, Eddie, Vicky, and Brooks, and they're all pretty drunk at this Cubs game, I think, and. Vicky and Eddie make a pretend kissing moment, you know, they're pretending to kiss, but it's clearly a joke. And then Tamara obviously won up the situation and she grabs Brooke's hand and puts it on her tit. And Eddie is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's literally like, you're being an idiot right now. Like, do not do that. And then after the fact, she was like, um, Eddie, like, I don't understand. Like Vicky and you pretend to kiss. He's like, yeah, but I, she didn't, I didn't grab her tit. Like, She's such a messy, gross, drunk. She's the perfect example of, like, you can take the girl out of the trailer park, but you can't take (laughs) – Like, why (laughs) – I really, really, really genuinely want to know why and how Eddie is married to her. Like, I just don't get it. It's one of, like, the great – it's, like, Stonehenge to me. Like, it's one of the great (laughs) mysteries (laughs) – Like, I just don't understand it. Like, I would even, like, Eddie Judge, if you are listening to this podcast, I will sign an NDA. I swear to God, I will never talk about it on a podcast. Please, I will, like, pay for you to come up here. I'll pay for your room at the Montage to stay Mm -hmm. here and just tell me, like, like, come on, just level with me. Like, tell me what the situation is because I honestly am dying to know. Like, I just, I don't get it. He doesn't even seem like... He's into that, though. I mean, he literally was like, I do not want to have anal sex. You literally, if you said that to, like, I'm trying to think of, a, a, a like, Mauricio, if Kyle would ever <laughs> let her guard down on the show and said something like that, Mauricio would be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> like, we all know he's, like, doing that with, like, every other hoe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. And I honestly, you know, I need to ask some other people there. Actually, you know what? I need to ask someone their opinion on Eddie Judge on whether or not he is straight or not. Yeah, I don't know. I never really got the whole gay vibe. Like, I don't know. Maybe he can go both ways, but he, I don't know. I get, I get straight guy vibes. You do? I think, yeah, I don't, I mean, obviously the whole like fucking to Lady Gaga thing for six hours, but like, <laughs> I feel like I've subjected guys to doing that. Like they might not know it's Lady Gaga on the podcast. <laughs> I know, like, I know we fucked for at least an hour to Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. No, I don't I just feel like, remember the whole, like, well, Vicky said Eddie's gay thing, that whole, like, rumor, whatever. I feel like, listen, who knows if it's true? I just, okay, if we're going to talk about, like, and listen, this is a whole other conversation, but Vicky's, you know, the choo-choo train Kelly dog comment, I think we all, like, do I even have to say allegedly that's true? Like, I think we all, like, pretty know, pretty much know, right? Like, what is, what did that imply? Like, I, oh, I don't, I don't know what the choo choo train thing meant. I just meant, like, Kelly Dodd doing, like, Coke and being a party girl. I think that's, like, there's pictures out, right? Or do I still have to say allegedly? I don't know. Whatever. I'll just, I don't know. You know what? I'm scared. So let's just say allegedly. (laughs) Uh, I'm scared. (laughs) But my point being is that even the, the the silliest or most, you know, contrived stories or uh, whatever, what whatever, I feel like most of the time there is a teeny granule of truth in them, I guess is my point. I mean, like there's it, no smoke without fire. Like, yeah, it's, it's usually is cokeheads if they've never been near coke. Like, yeah, it's usually like derived from some little teeny bit of truth. And uh, listen, I'm not saying that. I think most of the time it's like the telephone game, where like when it gets to the end of the line, it's like it's like some distorted probably thing. But even like you know, going back to like preschool or grade school when you played telephone, even if you start out with like my mom made a cake by the end of the circle it's still gonna have to do something with like baking or baked goods or desserts or something do you know what i'm saying like it's gonna it's going to be somewhat of the same thing i guess is my point so um i don't know yeah i don't know either um so yeah my point being um I don't know. Final thoughts on Vicky. Yes, she is a fucking shit show, but, um. But who isn't? But who isn't? (laughs) I mean, I, I go back and forth. Like, I think Vicky has a lot of flaws, clearly, again, but so does everybody. And there has been, like, many, like, peaks and valleys for her on this show, but I think this season, her coming in as a friend of, she's certainly humbled. And we all know how Countess Luann was when she came back as a friend of. She came back and gave us, don't be all uncool, fuck yeah. that pirate, and then has had this amazing trajectory. So things could look up for Vicky if she's willing to be vulnerable, if she's willing to put it all on the line. And, you know, she has this whole wedding thing with Steve Lodge that'll probably come maybe not this season because they've obviously already finished shooting, but if she's back next season, that could be a whole storyline for her, which granted don't need to see, but maybe she can milk that if she'd like, but you know, I love her and I hate her, but 
I was happy to see her on my screen this past week when she was making those facial expressions. Um, I, can't I remember those were some of my. Yeah, they were at. They, they, I, I, was, I didn't even know there was a Tortilla Republic in Orange County, but okay. <laughs> um, it, but oh, which I don't know if anyone finds this bit of trivia interesting, but the original Tortilla Republic, just FYI, is next to Sir. Um, yeah. yeah, fun fact. Um, anyway, but yes, I completely concur with everything you just said. She is, you know, she just is Vicky and she is what she is. And I think she's iconic because she was, she has been there since day one. And to me, she's, you know, it's not OC without Vicky. And, um, yeah, I think that she, I hope that she will be back full time next season because whatever. Yeah. And where can people find you for my listeners? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my podcast is The Real Housewife of the West Side. And you can find that anywhere you find Megan's podcast. My episodes come out on Wednesday and Friday. And uh, my Instagram is really, really long. I'm sorry. It's at Real Housewife of West Side. Perfect. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. And we'll be back next month with an amazing random bonus episode for all y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news.